0: And our passage for today is Jonah chapter one. What a tremendous short book this is. It is a monumental book in the Bible because of Jesus referencing it and because of the miraculous It has been attacked, like the book of Daniel, like the story of creation, and any other instance where there is a divine, supernatural act that there's no human explanation for it. It's always going to be attacked by those who do not believe in the Bible's miraculous stories. You see, you either believe that the Bible is a supernaturally inspired book, a supernatural person inspired it, that is always right, that never fails that is always accurate, or you're going to be looking with an anti-supernatural bias eye at everything in the Bible. You see, when you try to explain away the miracles, what you're doing is you're saying, I am a materialistic person that cannot believe that there is a God who intervenes in human history to act graciously toward people. And so I tell you right up front, I do have a bias. And my bias is based upon historical reality and scientific evidence that there is no way, no way that we could be who we are today except for a divine supernatural act of creation. There is no way that the intelligence that we have, that the minute detail of even our body parts, the eye, The digestive system, the brain that we have, anything could have evolved. I don't care how many millions or billions of years you tack on to it. So I believe what the Bible says that there is a God. He is the creator of heaven and earth and that man is created in his image. This is my bias coming into the study of Scripture. I would not be studying it if I did not believe it is a divine book. Because it is a divine book and divinely inspired, then I have no problems with the supernatural elements in it like the story of Jonah. And so as you open up the first chapter, you are confronted with a sovereign God. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish, modern-day Spain, from the presence of the Lord. That is, it was the father's most part from the land of Israel in the Mediterranean basin "...that he could possibly go. It was as far as even the Phoenicians, the great mariners of ancient times, had sailed. So he paid the fare and went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. How foolish this prophet is to think that he could flee from the presence of an omnipresent God that he knew." And so I want to just end this first podcast on Jonah, and we're going to have four. I want to just lay some groundwork for the entire book of Jonah. First of all, he is an 8th century prophet, sometime around 750. Assyria was on the rise and had turned its attention from this land that's in between Israel and northern Africa, Egypt and had turned toward another people. And so there was time for a building up and a prosperity to go on in the land of Israel before the Assyrians turned their attention back south and ultimately came in and took over the northern part of Israel, the nation called Israel or Ephraim, destroyed it, decimated it in 722 B.C. And so Jonah prophesied before that time against Nineveh, There are some things that you need to understand just from a theological standpoint that Jonah teaches in living color. First of all, that God is sovereign. God is sovereign over people. God is sovereign over nations. God is sovereign over the weather. God is sovereign over the seas and the elements. God is sovereign in even the smallest details of any person's life. Either that's true or the Bible is inaccurate. And if it's inaccurate in things we can test and verify, how do we know that it is accurate in things we cannot test and verify? This has always been an enigma to me about those that believe the Bible is only inspired in spots. Who is inspired to spot the spots? Is it because you have a Ph.D., a Th.D., and doctorate in education? Because you know someone or have a certain lineage? This is ludicrous. It's a type of insanity that comes about as men try to deny the sovereignty of a holy God that has created heaven and earth and created man in his image and therefore accountable to God. But the book of Jonah, it teaches nothing else. It teaches that God is sovereign in the affairs of man and the affairs of the earth, even to the point of controlling the seas, controlling the animals within the sea, the creatures, the mammals within the sea, the sea creatures. All of these things are very important for us to understand because this is what the Bible teaches confluently from Genesis to Revelation, but also. Specifically in the book of Jonah. Also, the Bible teaches in the book of Jonah these chapters, these short chapters teach that God is compassionate. Toward all, not just the elect, not just the chosen of Israel, not just the people of God, but for all of the earth. God, according to the prophet Isaiah, is the God of all the earth. He created everything, and everyone is accountable to him, not just those who know him personally, not just those who are given the oracles of God, not just Israel, not just those of us who have been grafted into the promises that God made to Abraham spiritually that we call the church today. and Gentile alike. But God is compassionate toward even those who we would consider heathen. God is merciful. God is merciful to even those who rebel against him. And for those of us who claim to know God in a personal way through Jesus Christ, we need to read what a Jewish rabbi wrote to a church In Rome, in the first century, his name was Saul of Tarsus. We know him as the Apostle Paul. When he said to the Romans, we reference it as chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrated, God commended, God showed his love toward us. Who's us? All of us. In that while we were yet sinners, while we were missing the mark, while we were away from God, while we were in rebellion, shaking our fists in the face of God, While we were yet sinners, Messiah died for us. He died as a substitute for our sins. God is merciful. And in the book of Jonah, God shows his mercy to the sailors that were in the midst of this storm, in the midst of the sea, in the Mediterranean, this great non-tidal sea that swirls in a counterclockwise motion throughout the year. And God was merciful to the sailors. God was merciful to Jonah. God was merciful to a wicked nation whose capital was Nineveh, the Assyrians. God was merciful even to the animals. God cared for the animals, according to the last chapter and the last verse of the book of Jonah. You see, God created everything, and so therefore He is merciful and compassionate toward His creation, even though His creation has been cursed, that is, this portion of it having to do with man and the earth. And so God is sovereign. God is compassionate. God is merciful. God is the God of redemption. If you cannot see redemption, God was so merciful even after rescuing Jonah and sending him, God still said to these wicked people in Assyria, you've got 40 days. God didn't have to give them 40 minutes, 40 seconds, but he gave them 40 days and said, get your act together and turn from your wicked ways or I'm going to destroy you. God announced judgment and said, you have an opportunity to flee, but if you don't, then judgment is surely coming. And the scripture says from the king all the way down to the lowest citizen, they repented in sackcloth and ashes and fasting and prayer. And God saw it all. God observed it all. He's not disconnected. He's not as the deists say, one, a deity who winds up time like a clock lets it tick away and has nothing to do with the affairs of men except for some providential remote sovereignty. That's just not the God of the Bible. That's a God of our own making, one that we have made up a Along the way. And there are all kinds of teachings about Jesus, about who God is. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's not the God of the Bible. And Paul said, though I or anyone else come, even an angel, and preach any other gospel, any other Jesus than the one I'm preaching to you, let them be accursed. And so Paul, the apostle, pronounced a curse on anybody that would try to invent a God of their own making, a gospel of their own making, a Jesus of their own making. And so when Jonah went and preached, he preached the redemption of God, that God would allow people to repent and they could and be saved and be rescued and be delivered. And indeed, these people did. And they worshiped the God of heaven. That's right. The Jewish God, they worshiped him and turned to him and proclaimed him as the sovereign God of the universe. And so all of these things are wrapped up in the teaching, the miraculous teaching of Jonah and the story of Jonah. Jonah. Jonah is also a type of Christ. We'll see as we go down the road. Jesus quoted and said, just as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish, not a whale, the great fish that one was prepared, especially, where did we get that there has to be a whole species of Jonah man swallowing sea creatures in order to justify this? God prepared this fish for Jonah. And God is able to do that. He is the creator. And if he can bring everything there is, ex nihilo, out of nothing into something and make the intricacies of man and the seasons and everything having to do with design and order and creation It is nothing for him to create a fish that if it was just a one fish for this particular occasion, God is sovereign and do anything he wants to. And he doesn't have to get our vote or our questions on anything. The Bible says God created this fish, God prepared this fish, and had him right where he needed to be just when Jonah was cast into the sea. It was a raging storm, and this is a fascinating reality that you either believe or you don't. You say, well, I have to have evidence. All the evidence you need is in the Bible because that which we can test and verify has been proven by the word of God to be true. There is not one spade of archaeological dirt that has ever disproved anything in the Bible. But yet we want more evidence and more. And always seeking after a sign. Always seeking after some logical analytical rationale for believing God. The reality is that God prepared a fish to swallow Jonah to keep him in his belly to deliver him to the shoreline again, belch him out and send him on his way to do what God had originally called him to do. That's the story of Jonah. And I pray that as you go through this book, you will be blessed, encouraged, and know that there's a God in heaven watching over you and the smallest detail of your life. That's good news. For on the way, this is Tony Crisp.